Hello, hello, and welcome to The Art of Being You with me, Rachel Wortman. You guys, this podcast is all about learning to be who God created you to be, embracing that person, and ultimately living your best life with Jesus. We've got a lot of great content today, so let's get to it in The Art of Being You. Welcome back to the podcast, everybody. Welcome to The Art of Being You. So I want to start things off today by asking you a question. Well, maybe I should say I have an idea. What would you think about letting me into your inbox? And here's what I mean. I've been developing an email list over the last several months and been developing what I'm going to call an email ministry. And the idea behind it is to do maybe a twice a month, potentially occasionally three times a month email straight to you with thoughts that can help you grow your relationship with Jesus. Sometimes those emails will be resources that I have available. Sometimes those emails will just be encouraging words to you in your journey. And it may be, you know, some other things related to that, journal prompts, devotional aids, things like that. And I would love to get you on that list. Uh, Here's the deal. Social media is great. I love it. I enjoy it. I enjoy having you know, an active profile and stuff like that. But I also know that the algorithms make it very hard for people to see someone's stuff all the time, right? Like you can follow someone and still not see the content that they're putting out. So I realized the best way to avoid this kind of thing and to make sure that, you know, we can connect with each other, even though uh, I might not even know you in real life, is to develop a, a more robust email life that goes directly to your inbox. And then you get to decide whether you want to open it or not, um, instead of the algorithm deciding for you. So here's what I need. If you would be like to be added to that list, here's what I need you to do. Just go over to rachelwartman.com, www.rachelwartman.com. And uh, if you don't know how to spell my name, you can look at your phone right now or your device, and it is on the uh, podcast art right there. And go to my website, and right there on the website, underneath the book uh, being available for purchase, is a way to subscribe to the email list. And you just drop your email on there. That's all the information that I need from you. And I'll get you added to that list and you'll be receiving those emails the next time that they go out. So if you've not done that already, but you are a a regular or semi-regular or occasional listener on the podcast, please do me a favor and do that. That would mean the world to me. All right. So today we're talking about uh, a moment in my life that changed me forever. And we're talking about the prayer that changed my life. And um, it's a dangerous prayer. It's a bold prayer. And I want to tell you a little bit of a story. And as I was preparing for this podcast, I was chuckling, thinking about the old Fresh Prince of Bel-Air song, you know, well, in West Philadelphia, born and raised, right? Uh, Sit right here. Let me tell you a story about how I became uh, the person that I am. That's how mine's going to go. I'm going to tell you a story of how I became the person that I am. And here's what happened. We had moved to Oklahoma City in about 2013 to plant a church. And in that process, we had prophetic words, we had commissioning, we had all of these things that we were believing God to do. And as we began the ministry journey, there was so many moments of praying and believing for God to come and bring breakthrough and bring increase and grow our church and all of these things. And after several years, we were still a fairly small church. And, you know, no matter what we did, we could not make it grow in our own strength anyway. 
And there's a lot of reasons, I think, why that was the case. And maybe I'll do an episode about that sometime later. But there was a moment in my life about two years ago where I was actually preaching a sermon on prayer and the ways that we pray and and how to pray and all of that. And at the end of the sermon, I challenged everybody to ask God this question. Lord, what's the one thing I need to be praying for myself in this season? Now, a lot of us struggle to pray for ourselves. It's easy to pray for other people. It's easy to pray for the needs of the world. But for ourselves, some of us just feel really awkward about that. But here's the thing. It's okay and good to pray for yourself because prayer is inviting God to come and move. So why wouldn't you want that for you as well, right? So this was the prayer. What's the one thing I need to be praying over myself in this season? And as a pastor, a lot of times when I'm giving out a ministry question or a ministry call at the end of a sermon, I'm usually not participating in that myself as well. I'm usually, you know, thinking about um, where the Holy Spirit is moving, paying attention to who needs specific prayer after the service, those kinds of things. And so on this particular day, it kind of took me by surprise when the Holy Spirit said, Rachel, I want you to ask that question as well. So I said, all right. So I actually knelt down in the front of our altar with some of the friends from church and, and just humbled myself and said, okay, God, what's the one thing you want me to be praying in this season. I had no idea how that one prayer was going to change my life forever or how much of my life could be traced back to that one moment of prayer. But this is what he said. Gently, the Holy Spirit said to me, you've been praying for increase and you've been praying for growth and you've been contending for these things. And now I want you to pray that you would become the kind of leader who could steward the things you've asked for. In other words, he said, now I want you to pray that you would let me make you into the kind of leader that would steward these things. And, you know, I know the Lord enough. I've been around the block enough times to know when God asks you something like that, it, it's it's usually going to mean some form of pain, right? Some form of dying to ourself where we're like, wow, okay, so you want to transform something in my life. And sometimes that's pretty painful. Sometimes you have to reset a bone kind of experience. But I did. I was obedient. I said, Lord, you know what? You can have your way. I've been praying for these things. I've been contending for these things. So would you make me the kind of leader who could steward them? Let me tell you guys, within weeks, within weeks, I had a really, really painful situation happen. I touched on it just a little bit in um, the Wounded and Betrayed episode we did recently. Um, But it was a, a relational fallout that broke my heart. And it was so hard. And I couldn't shake the feeling that I did it to myself, right? That I had prayed this and uh, this was God's way of answering it. And if you've ever had a situation like this, you just understand what I mean. Um, And so I kept thinking, okay, God, then how are you going to make me into that leader through this situation? And the Holy Spirit just literally dropped a book in my lap. In fact, I was on social media and I was watching stories on Instagram with uh, somebody I really enjoy following. And she just happened to mention this book she was reading. And it was like this electric moment from the Holy Spirit where he goes, you need that book. You need to buy that book. You need to read that book. You need that book. And let me tell you, that book was the catalyst to a two-year journey for me that not only revolutionized the way that I saw people and my ability to break free from the cycles that pastors often go through where um, we are, are where we struggle relationally, um, but it also put me on a journey. And eventually that journey led me to a point when the Holy Spirit began to speak to me and say, I'd like for you to change your role. 
So, you know, we stepped down as senior pastors a, a year ago, almost right now uh, in May. And um, we've been on this interesting journey since. And here's what I know to be true. When I look back at the last couple of years of my life, guess what I trace it to? <laughs> yeah, that moment on my knees in front of my church saying to the Holy Spirit, make me into the leader who can steward the kinds of things that I've asked for. Now, I had no idea that the kind of leader who could do that would look completely different than what I was giving my life to, at least for me. But the Holy Spirit is so good to do those kinds of things. So here's my question for you. What prayer do you need to be praying in this season? What prayer is important for you to be praying? Now, I'm not sharing this with you because I think every single one of us is going to have our life uprooted and turned upside down and go through some big transition. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is that I think it's important to have a pulse on what the Holy Spirit is praying for you. What is God's heart for you in this season? And how can you partner with that? How can you pray that into existence? How can you lend your voice and your faith to accomplishing the will of God for your own life? I knew that I needed growth. I knew that I needed, you know, uh, help and adjustments. I think we all do to some degree. We, we're kind of in a perpetual place of that. But I didn't understand that some of the things that I believed and some of the things that I was doing in my life and the way that I handled relationships and stuff like that, which isn't bad or wrong, was going to hinder my ability to grow because in some ways I was giving people too much opinion on my life. I was giving their opinions too much weight in my mind. And so then when I would make decisions, I was sometimes, sometimes, not always, gauging how people were going to feel about what I would do instead of deciding this is what God is saying I'm supposed to do. Now, as a leader, that's super dangerous, right? When you're not in leadership, it's it's kind of, uh, um, it's not as big of a deal if you're like that. But if you're leading in any realm, in business, in your career, in church, whatever, you really need to be going before everybody else. And so what that means is that everybody else might not understand where you're going or why you feel passionate about going there. So if we want to be really good leaders in this particular example, then we have to be comfortable. We have to get good at, we have to release the, the burden of other people's opinions because we want to lead them from one place to the next. That prayer haunts me sometimes, right? Make me into the kind of leader who can steward the things that I've been praying for. I love how Bill Johnson will say, sometimes we're praying for an oak tree and God gives us an acorn. And he says, how are you going to steward this? How, how are you going to steward this? I want to answer your prayer, but I know that becoming an oak tree is going to require a lot of change, challenge, growth. And I want to know that you're serious about that, that you are willing to go through that process because the blessings of God are not meant to hurt us, right? We talked about that a little bit in the conditional promises episode. The blessings of God are not designed to hurt us or to make us feel like to burden us and to make our lives more complicated and challenging. They're supposed to be something that helps us and grows us and, and allows us to fulfill the things that are on God's heart. That's just not always the case. So I would ask you again, just for the sake of repetition, what's the thing that God is asking you to pray for right now? Who do you need to become to fulfill the call of God on your life? Let me just sort of wrap this up by saying this, that, um, you know, the call of God on your life is something that you're going to enjoy. 
And a lot of us get a lot of fear. We feel fear when we think about, you know, God has an opinion about what we're going to do with our life. Well, what if God says, you know, you're supposed to have a different job? What if God says you're supposed to live in a different city or all of those things? But the thing is that when we're living in the will of God, the way that he wants us to, uh, it's a really beautiful thing. I was talking to a friend the other day and we were talking about just how many multiverse storylines are out there in the media right now, right? I mean, especially the Marvel universe has really doubled down on this idea of the multiverse, but it's not just them. That idea of multiple timelines is is in Star Trek, it's in uh, you know, my one of my old favorite shows Timeless. It's in all kinds of of not just sci-fi, but now sometimes popular storylines. And you know, I have this feeling that the multiverse concept really taps into our heart a lot because we have this sort of innate ability to understand that we could be living multiple timelines right now. And here's what I mean by that, that God has a story that he's written for you, right? What is it? Psalm 139, I think, that says that the days of your life are written in the book or the days of, yeah, the days of your life are written in the book of life or something like that. And what it's saying is God knows every day that you're going to live. God has ordained it, right? Hebrews tells us Jesus is the author of your faith, the perfecter of your faith. Every day of your life has been written according to the will of God, but because of free will, you don't always live the days that God has written for you. Sometimes you live other days. Sometimes you live days from your flesh, which God did not account for, right? He doesn't make space for because he doesn't acknowledge your flesh in, in that way. So we go between the timeline of God and the timeline of our flesh and sometimes even the timeline of the enemy and we bounce between them. And I think that that, that reality of faith and spirituality is part of what's so intriguing about the multiverse storylines, part of why humans are so interested in those right now. And I want to say to you, that you have a storyline that God has written for you that is the best story for you to be living. It is the best one. It, it's the most close to him. But we do have opportunities and we are available because of free will to live other storylines as well, right? And so through repentance, we can get ourselves back on God's timeline, <laughs> Through, and this is why um, when Jesus says things like he works things out for the, when the Bible says he works all things out for the good of those who love him, who are in Christ Jesus, that what that means is God has this supernatural ability to catch you up to where you were supposed to be in his story, even if you've been living your story in a different way. Even if you've been going your own way, irregardless of God and doing your own thing, God has this ability to put you into his timing. And we call that the sovereign move of the Lord, right? We call that God's sovereign timing. Um, that's where people get the idea that God is in control because there's this synergistic feeling about that. Even though God is not in control, he's not forcing you to live on his timing. He is capable of redeeming all things. So I think that's what happened for me, right? When the Holy Spirit was like, here's what I want you to pray and I began to merge my life onto a new timeline. Now, I'm not going to say that I think I wasn't in the will of God. I don't think that was true. But I think I was bouncing between God's timing and my own, at least in my mind, and what I imagined happening in my life and my future, the dreams I had and all of that. And I, I really wanted to be fully integrated into, Lord, whatever your dreams are for me, those are the ones that I want. 
And it might be painful to let go of ones that I had as a child or ideas I used to have of what I thought my life would be. It might be painful to watch those die, but if that's not in your story for me, I don't want to live it. I don't want to waste my time. I want to get to heaven and hear the Lord say, well done, my good and faithful servant. You lived the life that I wanted for you to live. And wasn't it glorious? Wasn't it beautiful? Wasn't it full of me? And I'm going to look at him and just give him a big hug and probably have a good cry and say, yeah, it was hard to get there, but man, it was so worth it. So I'll just end with, again, with reiterating, and we'll be short today, but reiterating this question again to you. What's the one thing the Holy Spirit needs you to be praying in this season? What's the thing that God wants you to partner with, to be praying over yourself, to be contending for, to be opening yourself up with? I hope you know that. And if you don't know that, spend some time journaling. Let the Holy Spirit speak to you and just just be faithful to write down what comes across your mind and then take a look at it and see, does that sound like God? And if you're not able to do that, get somebody that you know does hear from the Lord and ask them to help you kind of learn how to develop that skill. There's some great books out there on hearing God's voice as well. But I think it's important. I think it's helpful for us. Until next time, be blessed. So you've just listened to The Art of Being You with Rachel Wortman. I hope you enjoyed this episode of my podcast. And listen, it would mean the world to me if you would subscribe and rate or review this podcast on wherever you're listening from. Also, share it with a friend. Help me get the word out. Until next time, be blessed.